I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. And welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit in front of microphones to try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. This is episode 171, and we are hoping, praying, have all our fingers and toes crossed that the bubble gum and scotch tape that are keeping this podcast together will hold until the end. So, we got to plug in to do everything. I had the place like 90% set up already for when we walked in. All I had to do was plug some shit in. Yeah. Is easy enough. Fl- flick a switch and, and we were off to the races. Away and, we go. And I did that. And my mic didn't work. Because it appears that the cord associated with my microphone no longer works. Just didn't feel like working today. So I had to shake the cobwebs out of my brain and think, how did we do this in 2017? That's a great question. And Frankenstein together a solution, basically <laughs> tricking my laptop into thinking this is two different devices. So I've got one mic going in by USB. Yep. Caitlin's going through the board. Yep. Your beloved drops are still here. Thank God. I'm monitoring through the laptop headphone jack. It sounds like there are seven of me coming through this microphone. Fun. A, a weird like robot tinge to my voice. I am a robot. My name is Jordan. I and don't like children. No, not at all. <laughs> Robert's, uh, robots don't like children either, and there you go. There you go. So, if things are a little wonked this ep, y'all, that's why. We're just trying our best out here. Because we're like, I have Frankenstein together, the method we used to use for the first like 120 episodes of this podcast. Yep. And the method we have uh, much preferred using for the last 50. So, yeah. if you want to go back and chart the audio progression of this podcast, you can do that primarily soundcloud.com that's where the show lives but i mean anywhere you get your audio content yeah you can do it um on stitcher or on apple podcasts or uh the new one that is spotify this is the third time you've forgotten spotify in like an hour Uh, i don't use it why do you hate the sweets so much i don't hate the sweets i actually like the sweets they gave us the scars scars guards scars guards scars guards Wherever you get your audio content, subscribe or follow to the Geek Down Podcast. And every week, on the back of a rainbow alicorn named Philip, your man. Chauncey Fasolikas III, doctor, MD. Doctor, dentist, personal trainer. Yeah. Project management specialist. And Geek Down Internet Elf will deliver those episodes directly to your ear hole every week at zero cost to you. If you're like zero cost, that doesn't seem fair. Yeah, you guys put so much work into this and Jordan stresses so much about when the podcast doesn't work. And you need to go get a new cord, which apparently I do. (laughs) It's actually a thing. Before next week. If you would like to contribute to the cord cost, there's a couple ways you can do that. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod for a monthly contribution or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod for a, a coffee buy us a coffee three bucks yeah that's it jordan's enjoying his coffee you can throw something at me and i can get something that has 
this pumpkin flavor because I like that. Basic ass bitch. I am a basic ass bitch and I'm okay. I like the smell of vanilla. I like pumpkin spice and my stuff, except not my spam. Um, that's vile. Uh, spam should just taste like spam. And, uh, you know, I'll take pumpkin spice vanilla candles. You throw money at me for that. Weird flex, but okay. If you want to uh, debate Caitlin's basicness, you can do that on any of our socials, primarily Twitter. Get up off Twitter. Um, oh, uh, I guess some of the others would be, uh, well, Instagram, technically. We have an Instagram. <laughs> it's there, sure. Yeah, do it for the gram. Um, also, the <laughs> that, old- That's going to be your next one. You've been mentioning Instagram a lot lately. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like you're, you're getting a, mm. there's a bit of an itch for Instagram. There. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't take a lot of pictures, and it's all picture-based. But picture you'll based. start- I will. Yes. Are you sure about that? Maybe. Mm. I don't take. I hate when people take pictures of their food. I actually want to just like actively punch them in the throat when I see them doing it. I take pictures of like flowers and shit. That's the only picture I have on my Instagram is just some flowers with a filter. I was excited. Friends, if you want to give Katie suggestions on how she can, you know, better build her brand through her socials, been a lot of talk about that sort of thing today. Hit her up on any of ours. Um, also, you can always do it on um, the old mall of social media, which is Facebook. Why would you ever, but you could. Jordan, www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. We've still got it. Still so mad at this microphone situation. He's so angry. And I'm just so excited to be here. We had a fun outing today. Bit of a makeup hang from uh, last week's thwarted hang or adjusted hang. Adjusted hang. <laughs> I like that. Thought we were going to do something, didn't do it, did other shit. So this week, we did the thing we thought we were going to do last week. Yeah. And that was go listen to a talk and get a book signed by New Yorker columnist and voice of the millennial generation, apparently, as much as that term gives her hives. <laughs> yep. Uh, Gia Tolentino. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was great. But no, not even. It was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah. She was funny. I always appreciate that. I got to talk to her about Charlie Puth for like 45 seconds, so that was yeah, that was dope. I told her that she's one of the only people I follow on Facebook. I follow three people. NASA, Men Writing Women, and Gia Tolentino. There you go. You'll give, you'll give Gia Tortellini your clicks. <laughs> Is that her Twitter name? It's her Instagram name. I don't know if it's her, um, I don't know if it's her Twitter don't think so, Twitter but... Handle. Anyway, that was fun. And yeah. then uh, Caitlin demanded to... Well, it wasn't really demand. She demanded to eat. I just happened to be there, so she was like, I'm going to buy... Yeah. We're buy his food. So we went and got sushi. I really wanted to get yelled at, um, but they were just actually... <laughs> she, she means go to the izakaya nearby, but they close from three to five, so... So I got we got nice people um, saying hi to us instead. <laughs> it was such a pleasant little place. What was it called? Japan Sushi? I think so. Need work, need, the name needs work, but... And they were having like their own lunch... Yeah, it was, it was like, like that. It was like their time. dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> it was like slow time, so they were taking their break, and I was yeah. like, "Man, this is this is adorable." I yeah, love it. and they're playing Christmas music. Here's the thing <laughs> I learned today about spending time with Caitlin McKinnon. Whatever y'all think about me, and how you maybe think I conduct myself, mm-hmm. like in the world, I quietly seethe. Right, Caitlin McKinnon <laughs> is just out here. Um, if you're not in line correctly, yeah. if you're not conducting a line correctly, if your conversation is stupid, yeah. if you're sitting in front of, if you're 70 and <laughs> sitting in front of her, we didn't talk about that one yet. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I need 
to address like, all of these. You think, Nana, <laughs> Nana, if you think for one second you're going to blast, never mind the giant screen that we were doing primarily most most of our viewing on. I no, I couldn't. Caitlin couldn't see the tiny people on the stage. No, so, man, it, get the fuck to step in. Okay, no, I need you to on. move at a smooth hold two seats to the on. left. No, 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 no. We need to address these. I don't like it. First of all, when people know something is wrong and don't do shit about it, whether that's they know that there's something fucked up going on with the line or something is unsafe and they're just like, I'm just an inactive bystander. I don't know what to do. I hate that shit. You say something. You do something. You're like, hey, I'm not going to let this person have a heart attack on the subway. I'm going to try and help. That's number one right there. Number two is if your fucking job is to organize the goddamn fucking line, then do that if that is your job. Don't just be like, I don't know where things are. Also, don't conduct an unsafe line on the stairs. No one should be lining up on the stairs. You hear that? Bloor Cinema? I'm calling you out. Hot Doc Cinema, whatever you want to be called. That's right. I don't know what you're pressing, but sure, it's good. And, okay, third thing. Yeah, I'm allowed to make fun of people's stupid conversation when they're really loud about it. If you want to have a stupid conversation, just do it at a normal volume. Don't shout it so I can't hear you and then Jordan's yelling at me and I'm like, Jordan, you don't have to yell. It's just I can't hear because the girl beside me is just screaming about Gilmore Girls or whatever it is. Just, just, just jump to the end. Fourth, old lady. Uh-huh. It wasn't that I could see this, couldn't see the small people on stage. She sh- sat exactly in front, so I couldn't see where they, the, like the giant screen where they were sitting. It was gonna completely cover one of them. I didn't know which one yet. She was so tiny, yo. She has a giant, massive head, though. And apparently, the cinema at that angle is not great for line of sight. All I asked her to do, there was. Three other seats to the left. I just said, do you mind possibly sitting one seat to the left so I could see the giant screen? What would you have done if Nana turned around and been like, bitch, why don't you move to the left? I still wouldn't have been able to see because her head was so big. I would have been like, sure, if that works. But it wouldn't have worked because Nana was huge. You say she was tiny, but she's massive. Their massive head. Their massive fucking head. <laughs> Anyways, I couldn't see the screen. That was the problem. I didn't couldn't see them anyways. We were in the equivalent of the nosebleed section, which is fine, but I, because there was a giant screen, but I wouldn't have been able to see one of them. She like cussing out the three people working at the book selling table? Because they weren't doing shit. There was a whole line that was just in shambles. <laughs> shit. <laughs> It was not in shambles. When we got it was a in, little rough when it was forming. Which is when you need the support. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that? Yeah, well they should if they're in <laughs> fucking line organizing, if that's their job for the day. Hey Tom or what Mike or whatever the fuck your name was. I'm sure his name was Garrett. <laughs> Garrett I don't think it was a Gary. Garrett. Oh Garrett oh yeah, maybe it was Garrett. Jacob. Micah. Something. If that is your job, then, like, figure your shit out. Have a plan, maybe. Yeah, she was so angry. I still And so loud about it. <laughs> like, literally just standing there going, like, this is so unsafe. <laughs> it, you should not have a line on stairs that are already crowded. Don't fucking line up on it. It's so unsafe. Don't fucking line <laughs> up on a staircase. 
It is. I'm like, unfair. cool. So uh, tell Gia I enjoyed the talk. <laughs> I need to crawl away now if and she hide knows, myself. Uh, I know some people at Random House. Can she get at one of them? Because I'm going to need bail in <laughs> about 20 minutes. Anyways. So that's, uh, that's time with Kate. In case you think Kate's the chill hang. You're like, I'd love to spend time with Kate. Kate's going to get real mad at something. I was also having a really rough day. I got stuck in traffic. I forgot my headphones, so I had to have listen to people on the go bus. <laughs> I've had a dollarama drama. Dollarama drama. <laughs> there was like four girls talking about how um, they're going off to university in the States and secretaries like laughing about being a secretary. I wanted to like roughhouse one of them. Just be like, I am basically what you're laughing at. It's not technically my title, but... Have a digestive cookie. <sighs> I don't have a digestive cookie. It makes me feel better. Because <laughs> I'm basically just a baby person. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was that was, that was was our outing this afternoon. I mean, yeah, pr- pretty delightful. Yeah. It's enjoyable. And Jordan bought me an, brought me an umbrella. Thank you. I did buy her an umbrella because it was raining. And then after we went to get sushi, we got this one, her... I'm not going to assume that was your first pumpkin spice basic bitch drink of the season. It, yeah, it was. Oh, my God. Ringing it in. Mm-hmm. And I had my first pumpkin spice latte in maybe three years. And oh, poor, your poor mouth. Here's the thing. It is too early in the season for that shit. What? It's too early. It's cold outside. It ain't that cold. Uh, cold okay. enough. Them trees are still green out there. Some of them. I'm going to need them trees to be uh, orange before we start getting pumpkin spice up in here. You only get a limited time. After October. <laughs> you got to, got to get it. After October, it is not appropriate. What? It is not appropriate. Pumpkin spice is not appropriate. You got to move on to eggnog. You're out of order. Oh, my. No. October? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through, you can drink pumpkin and run through to Black Friday. Black Friday? Yeah. Okay, all right, um, yeah, fine, I'll be fine being wrong with that. I'm not going to say no to someone giving me something that's pumpkin spiced in November. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to extend pumpkin season? Boo-hoo. Yeah. Um, what else? So that was this weekend. Last week, Sunday, we will recall, your man's was going to the Cratery Record Exchange to maybe see about some, knocking some Japan grails off the list. Yep. And he did. I've listened to them. They're very nice. Cost me $145 for like two albums and two forty fives. I mean, that's fine. I guess. I. <laughs> it's like, there's no, but there's, I, there's never a situation where I'm going to be like, yeah, that's, that's a good deal. Yeah, great job. Great job. 150 I mean, bucks for four records. There will good be. Good for you. If you were like, I spent 20 bucks on four records. I'd be like, that was great. Good haul, Jordan. <laughs> will that ever happen? Mm, probably not. Not in this city. It will not. Played a fun game uh, over lunch and dinner where I asked Caitlin how many women were present at the Cratery Record Exchange. And Caitlin, on her first guess, was correct with a guess of three. Three women, all working. One at the door, one selling exceptionally overpriced 45s exclusive to the event, and someone's wife hanging out at their table. Mm -hmm. Other than that, dicks everywhere. Too many. Also, I don't know how people felt when... I didn't show you. I don't think I showed you this photo. <laughs> so I saw a photo from... So this was like, a you know, as I've mentioned before last year, it's like a weekend-long event. And they have, you know, DJ sets and, you know, maybe movie screening here and there. But like little events throughout the city all weekend, culminating in this record show. But, um, And I see a shot from like 
some like Brazil Brazilian themed party they had in the uh, on the Saturday afternoon. There's a shot of like a bunch of dudes standing around, and I was like, I have to do this now. So I got my outfit together. Yeah. To go to the Crater Record Exchange, and then did one of those like identifying like photos and posted it on Instagram, and it was like official uniform of dude going to record show. <laughs> it's like camo print themed shorts, sneakers that do too much, black T-shirt with hip hop or record label reference. Very nice. And a fitted, and a Discogs tote. Yeah. That's. The official uniform. I will. Sh- I can probably find it. Yeah, there are too many dudes there. It's a that's a high density of of dudes, especially record dudes. Because from what I hear, they're not like you know fun times. It ain't great. I mean, as I was saying to people, you know, where's where's the lie? Oh my god, <laughs> this is outrageous. So many camo pants. Why is there so much camo? Why all you hip-hop dudes just wear camo pants all the time? I mean, I have a pair of camo pants, but it's like I also, you know, own jeans. It's very strange. And khakis. But yeah, I I did it to troll and then walked in there and it's like, you're all wearing the same thing. Yeah, we are all so basic. That's that's a record dude. That's um, a record dude equivalent of basic. I uh, I got to see a lot of basic, but it was fun. When uh, senior correspondent Chris and I, on the Sunday you were at the record show, went to the island, the Toronto Islands. It was a good time. There was a lot of, like, last vestiges of summer. Did you use that word right? Yeah. Um, so a lot of, like, crazy 90s summer wear making a comeback. <laughs> which always seems so odd to me because I'm like, I wore that when I was five. Um, it was very strange. You know, we got so many pairs of overalls. <laughs> It's true, so many overalls. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. The island is always a good time. It's nice to see a lot of different families. Um, and for the first time ever, I got to go on one of those tandem bikes where you're beside each other and you get to pedal and you have a little canopy. Oh my God. It was so much fun. Um, and we got ice cream and it was hot because it was the last day of summer. Did you go to Hamlin's and get your bits out? Be like, no. woo, bits. No, Hanlon's has a nude beach. Um, we have never gone. Um, I've and never gone either. I don't think I ever want to. Yeah. I'm sure I could muster, like, the fortitude to, like, do it myself. But then, like, within minutes, I'd see, you know, too many dudes who look <laughs> like me. And I'd be like, no, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there'd just be too much. I just don't want to get ogled, right? There are places in Europe where sort of everyone's nude, so it doesn't really matter. But I just, I feel like there'd just be a lot of, like, dudes who are naked. Woo! Bits! Yeah, and have their bits out. Speaking of bits, mm-hmm. on the back of something I saw this week, I had an idea for a new segment, Caitlin. Oh. I do not want to do this every week. Okay. This is on the back of a, a comment I made after it happened the first time, and then happened, like, three more times that week, if you follow us on Twitter. You may have seen me tweet that Twitter is a great website for informing me about the existence of human garbage piles I heretofore had no idea existed. Oh. Way to let me know these piles of garbage are out there walking through the world. Thanks, Twitter. I think the first one was like some, you know, video game commentator type of thing. Yeah. You know, that thing where like a games journalist, a female games journalist made a comment about like, you know, don't worry, we just got to last in our like 50 years. These guys will die out and then, (laughs) then, you know, everything will be great. 
oh, she totally threatened me, makes a chilling threat type of thing. Let me make a 20-minute YouTube video about it. Just uh, fucking stop. Just stop. And then I saw another one, which is the one I want to talk about today, which is the reason I have made my new favorite drop where I celebrate the worst thing on Twitter I saw this week. I love it. Mm. It's great. Soak it in. Yeah. This comes on the back of a screenshot. And friends, I'm just going to read you the tweet. I'm not going to say who tweeted it or anything because Lord knows I don't want to even like give this asshole like anything. Okay. And it was a post by Jamel Bowie, formerly the Slate uh, like Politics Chief Political Correspondent, now columnist for the Times. Cool, cool. He posts the screenshot with the caption, this is it. This is the worst take. Right. This is the take. Not even being provocative, but if you think Greta Thunberg has the maturity to guide global policymaking, then you cannot object to Jeffrey Epstein paying 16-year-olds for sex. Wow. What the fuck? Let that one sit with you for a minute. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. I get what you're trying to do, libtard. Forgive the phrase, but this is now what I'm taking back and using for libertarians. Right. Okay. Because I've never met a libertarian who wasn't a fucking douche. Right. Yeah. Have you ever? No. Have you ever met one of these, like, you know, dudes who are like, you know, so worshipping at the altar of rationality. Yeah. That like they'll just say some stupid intellectually dishonest shit. Yeah. To try and like, I don't know, make a point. Yeah, I get what you're trying to do. I get what you're trying to do. But it's such a facile intellectually dishonest position to and take and ignores so many other elements of that. Can I just simplify it? Sure. It's just really gross. Yeah, you're just fucking gross. Ew gross i'll do i'll do you one better i'm not gonna say the guy I, don't, I still refuse to say the guy's name let's just get you a shot of his that's what he looks like oh yeah no <laughs> nope need to pay somebody to put some plugs on that hairline my dude of course obviously you know this blows up yeah, of course and, and i you know i can't help myself but what i loved was he then moved on to like videos okay commenting on like you know again it's the whole libertarian thing it's like you know the fr- the freedom Asserting the freedom to say the unpopular things. Ugh. You know, that's that's what that's what we're really about. All you sheep, all the herds out there who are like trying to silence us with all your conformity type of thing. The day after it hits, he's he's attempting to gloat that, you know, all the complaints levied against him to Twitter management. Number one, why would you ever complain to Twitter? Twitter yeah. itself is a trash fire. Yeah. But you know, they ruled that the tweet as fucking stupid. As it was. Yeah. Didn't violate any terms or anything, so it gets to stay. Yeah, it doesn't. And he then, he's now trying to gloat about, like, the spike in engagement he's getting. And he's got, he's sure he's got some, he's got some self-published book about a real big on philosophy, too, obviously. Oh, dear. That's that was, always. That's my favorite show. Likes to say, this is why people hate moral philosophies. <laughs> Philosophers. That was actually a gif somebody threw at this guy. In mentioning, you know, the spike in, you know, revenue he's gotten from this controversy. Kate, he made 30 whole dollars. Oh, my his God. Book. $30. Amazing. What a cool guy I, I have, you are. I have a face, and I can't describe the one it's, like, the face my face is making, but it's basically like a, it's like, it's just tired. It's a tired face. My favorite response to that video of him attempting to gloat was, 
takes three $10 bills, lays on the ground, dives onto like Scrooge McDuck, shatters collarbone. <laughs> anyway, a solid and hearty fuck you to that dipshit. Who has the worst take. Go, I don't know, cradle your copy of the Jordan Peterson book and I don't know, bemoan that no one understands you. And that's the worst thing I saw on Twitter this week. Love it. One day, maybe I'll see a thing on Twitter. Like I said, not trying to do this every week. <laughs> yeah. I will literally bash my head with a microwave. Because no one should have to be on Twitter looking for these things. No. But that's the funny thing about Twitter. It just brings it to you. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. Cheer me up, Kate. Um, I have some great news that I totally told everybody. And they're all like, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Spider-Man, it's ba- back in the MCU. <laughs> it's great. That was a real rough six weeks for y'all. Was it even six weeks? I knew that it was all going to get worked out and be fine because it's fine. It's just entertainment. But he's back, which is great. Um, I wonder what possibly led to that decision. Yeah, all the money. I have some other good news. Sorry, three, three movies for... Spider-Man MCU, Return to MCU, right? Is that what I saw? Uh, pff, I don't know. Did you also see Feige's taking over Star Wars? Or a portion of Star Wars? I did not. So now Disney's disney itself, Kate. Oh my gosh. Disney's um, just eating itself. Uh, it's just a human centipede of Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Just like We have to get back to it, but with Star Wars, I've got some quibbles right now. Oh my. <laughs> he doesn't even know a button to press. He's <laughs> scrambling. You've got quibbles. Quibbles. Mashing shit. So... Totally just like a a rumor type thing, um, but I find it delightful because it's kind of just brought this thing back into a little bit of spotlight, a little bit of shine, mm. which it totally deserves. But there is a report that Jordan Peele wants to reboot Gargoyles, the <laughs> amazing 90s television series, animated television series. Look out. Um, yeah, he wants, apparently, he'd approached Disney about it, um, rebooting this and a live action movie. Oh. So, I don't know how I feel about that. But Gargoyles was game-changing. A lot of people don't realize how game-changing it was, but in both how it represented issues to children and also in its, um, long, sort of long arc um, show style. Anime style serialized storytelling. Yeah. In like a Disney cartoon. Yeah. Which hadn't been done before. Nope. Um, I saw actually a funny take that was like, and people say Sopranos changed, changed the world of TV. Oh, it was Gargoyles. Um, it was, so it's about these like gargoyle, like stone gargoyles. It's right there in the title, man. Um, from Scotland in 1990, uh, like they lived during 994, mm. um, and then they are cursed and they're brought to New York and, uh, David Xanatos breaks the curse for many different reasons. Uh, one of them being monetary, one of the many being monetary. Um, it's one of the only shows that I know of that brought, um, a whole like understanding of a part of storytelling um, to like m- the mass culture, I guess, of it. Um, 
meaning so there's a, a phrase called Xanatos Gambit, which you may or may not know, and it actually I do not. You do not know Xanatos Gambit? No. Oh. Well, it is from Gargoyles. It's from this character, David Xanatos. A Xanatos Gambit is uh, when a character has, the way they've planned something is that no matter what, they come out winning. Mm -hmm. Um, It is used in storytelling a lot, especially for villains, um, but that's where it comes from. And I kind of love that this children's TV show changed storytelling in a way or... Um, affected other storytellers. But yeah, Xanatos Gambit is pretty well known, and I just, I, I think I find it fascinating. Are you bearing the lead here? Um, uh, Regarding I, your personal connection to Gargoyles? Uh, I don't think I am. What, what's what's the lead? I thought Goliath gave you my first unexpected crap? feelings. Oh, no, I Goliath was hot. <laughs> like, come on. No, I. it was like, at the same time, it was... Goliath, the lead mouse from Biker Mice from Mars, and I'm trying to think who, like, my other childhood crush would have been. It would have been another cartoon, because I have issues. Um, uh, probably Gambit from X-Men? Ew. What? He had, like, a sexy um, Louisiana accent. New Orleans-type vibe, right? He was, like, smoldery. How could I not? And a trench coat. And, and a, a staff. And cards. And a, and a weird cool headband. head thing. Yeah. Good times. I think that's about right. I think those were my first crushes were all cartoons. I think if we ever do that hottest take patron feature. Yeah. Me going in on Gambit's going to have to be. Oh, jeez. He's the worst X-Man. He's not the worst X-Man. We know who the worst X-Man is. He's the most overhyped X-Man. All right, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll find. third eye blind of X-Man. Amazing. Um, oh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, how could I fr- forget Dr. Hank McCoy? Total crush on the Beast. Obviously. Yeah. Because, as we just stated, I have issues. Um, so, yeah. So, I am kind of think that's cool about Gargoyles. Um, yeah. Do you have any news? I have one other piece of news, but I kind of want to save it. Um, it's not news, per se. It's just the fact that a mention of... Makoto Shinkai is weathering with you last week. Yeah. Led to some heated, like, don't talk about Fight Club, like, DMs to me Ooh. this week. Apparently. Yeah. It's a bit of a nothing burger of a movie. Okay. Which, as someone who's watched a lot of anime movies in his life, tends to expect from his anime movies. <laughs> right. I've seen a lot of anime movies that were just like, I watched on the strength of a good trailer and then watched it and went, that made no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. And you're well. Yeah, you're well no. equipped with that. I, I know that very well. And apparently, weathering with you suffers from maybe a bit of the same problem. Oh. Um, but I'll withhold judgment until I actually see it. But no, I have no actual. Is it news. is it really like this makes no sense, or is it like wolf children and that nothing really happens? Uh, probably both. Oh, okay. Probably more the latter. All right. Now on to the thing everyone really wants me to talk about, which is my Star Wars squibbles. We've got quibbles. <laughs> Just guessing. Star Wars quibbles. That's what everyone wants me to talk about, and that's what I'm going to talk about now. Um, So, remember a while ago, they were all like, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, or movie, or whatever. Mm. And I was like, nah, that's okay. <laughs> you can keep that. Well, it's happening. 
It's happening, and Ewan McGregor is going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, yeah. and Deborah Chow is going to direct. Sure. She's done uh, some Mandalorian, American Gods, Lost in Space. Um, it's supposed to take uh, place seven years after Revenge of the Sith, which is the last movie in the prequel trilogy. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, nah, you can keep it. <laughs> I, I just don't put need that, it. Put that over there. Mm-mm. We don't need that here. Nope. I Obi Wan Kenobi is one of my absolute favorite characters, and I still am like, just keep it in your pocket. I don't need any. You can just keep it down there and just save it for some other time when we don't have any Star Wars or, you know, I just I don't need a live action television show of Obi Wan Kenobi. Don't need it. It's interesting regarding like the whole like Feige going to. I don't know what he's doing or how long he's doing it for. It's not like he's like running Lucasfilm now. He's just kind of doing some Star Wars stuff. We're going to like do some production over there type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, one take I heard was that part of this may be inspired by the fact that like somebody like Kevin Feige has really shown themselves to be very skilled at like knowing what's going to be cool to teens in China. <laughs> right. Type of thing. Yeah. Because the comparison I heard was like, you ain't seeing Ray on every backpack in China. Right. But you see Spider-Man. Yeah. That's where the money at. It's true. That's what makes a successful franchise. Like, Star Wars ain't driving the culture like it once was. Right. And it's wouldn't go so far as to say that maybe it's kind of showing signs of being a declining asset on Disney's balance sheet. But, yeah. like, catering to dudes my age yeah. ain't ain't gonna do it nope. anymore and, and it doesn't is... cater to dudes your age anyway it tried not to and look what happened welcome back jj but let's put a bow on this yeah but she, she's evil now she's, she's evil not now. evil oh okay, my she's god she's dark people are the worst panicking people are the worst they can't do lines they walk slow and they text in the middle of the sidewalk i've had enough i mean i'm okay with the whole star wars being a different type of thing um, but I know, like you said, that doesn't make the money and that's really what they're out there for. They're not there to make me like fun films that people, everybody can enjoy. They were like, Hey, China's a huge market. Let's get in there. So I understand that. Also, you know, to go back to like our favorite discussion, that being the oncoming streaming massacre that's going to come to all of our wallets in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's going to be great. I know NBC just announced one. Mm-hmm. Coming soon, Peacock. Sure. It's probably where friends in the office is going to live. Like, Great. Um, what's Apple doing? Oh. Have you seen anything for their are shows? They, are they not hibernating? No, they're announcing shows. Are like, they? They're going to have a thing. I oh. think what they want more of is like they just want to make Apple TV like a hub. Right. Like they want all your shit to run through that, but then yeah. you also get like, you have never owned an Apple product, so you don't know this, but like, yeah. if... So, like, they have Apple Music, which is their Spotify, but part yeah. of what you also get there is, you know, Beats One Radio, which is this whole, like, Beats by Dre branded, like, radio thing. Like, okay. Um, I, well, I gotta, I gotta just fix one thing. I have owned Apple products. <laughs> My family have owned Apple products. Like, a, like a iPod Nano in 2012. No, 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 no. Um, we owned some of the first Apple computers ever oh. made. <laughs> 
<laughs> Give it there up for a, the Apple IIe, everybody. There was a bomb that would go off when your stuff crashed. It didn't crash, it bombed. And you'd get a picture of a bomb. Oh and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Um. Anyways, sorry. No, I had an Apple IIc. It had a little handle on it. <laughs> it's portable, y'all. <laughs> Does that mean I can put a handle on anything and make it portable? Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I think that thing still works, actually. I should fire it up when I get home. I get home. <laughs> wow. A giant tube monitor it came with. <laughs> yeah. Where we had a color. My, the, my parents splurged on, like, the color monitor. Ooh. Yeah, car, play Carmen Sandiego on anything other than a monochrome monitor. You mm-hmm. were you were living it up. <laughs> your copy of the 1984 I'm World Almanac. still mad that I couldn't play King's Quest on the Apple because I got a bunch of games that I would have loved. I got Carmen Sandiego, King's Quest. The only one I could play, which was still kind of glitchy, was The Amazing Adventures of Dr. Brain or something. I play that all the time. It's all puzzles. It was amazing. Uh, trying to play Ultima 4 Quest of the Avatar without an instruction manual and an Apple IIc is why I loathe PC gaming to this day. Okay, good, good to know. Fun fact, y'all. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, you're talking about uh, I. Uh, oh, what's Apple, Apple doing? doing. Yeah. Um, I think what they want is for like your Netflix, your Amazon Prime, whatever, all goes through widgets on Apple TV, but right. then you're paying a little something extra and you get these... Whatever the fuck these weird shows that are stories to inspire. I think that's what they're trying to brand it as. Ugh. So they got this show that initially it seemed like it was going to be like a wacky comedy about like, you know, morning news type thing. Yeah. Um, instead, it's like Steve Carell playing like a Matt Lauer type who gets me too'd out of his job. And then like Jennifer Aniston plays the oh, like. Oh, shit. I thought that was a movie. No, that's like an Apple Apple TV, Apple Plus, whatever. Apple Plus is, like, is everything plus, plus plus whatever. Um <laughs> No more pluses. Jordan's angry about everything, guys. <laughs> because, I'm angry about lines. Because I can't fucking hear myself because since I've got this shit rigged up with twine. Now he knows how I feel. It's doing that. You have been given the option multiple times to I wear cannot, headphones. It echoes. Anyway. They've got that. They've got a weird, like, Sophia Coppola, Marie Antoinette take on Emily Dickinson. Like, Oh, yeah. I and they have another one about, like, lady astronauts or something, which, I mean... That, that's yeah, up my alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Can I stream um, that from somewhere? You can steal that, probably. <laughs> By stream, I meant that. Oh. <laughs> I meant... I meant... You'll stay. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. wink. Nudge, wink, nudge. Um, it's just a weird, like... I don't know what kind of brand they're going for on this is. Who knows what Apple's doing? I think they're just scrambling. I don't know. Usually I hear about like some big thing in Apple and Apple lines and everyone's really excited. But lately it's just been like they're holding fast. Like they're just doing what they're doing. Like we always talk about how none of these companies make money. Apple has like the opposite problem where they're like sitting on like literal billions of dollars in cash like in a fucking safe somewhere. Yeah. Or I thought it was in a Scrooge McDuck pool. Probably. It's just Tim Tim Cook and the frozen body of Steve Jobs. Just (laughs) he's riding the frozen body of Steve Jobs. Yes. Someone please draw that for us. Yes. (laughs) Um. So that's my very ill-informed, you know, recap and terrible analysis of. (laughs) <laughs> Apple's coming streaming options. Um, speaking of streaming, yeah, let's get some updates here before I throw this laptop out the window. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, didn't have time to watch a lot, but finally made some time to sit down and watch the thing that will ultimately drive the ending of this podcast in 
bitter tears. And, and betrayal. And betrayal and arguing. Terrace House Tokyo 2019-2020. And how's it going? Kauri is bay. I know what you're saying, y'all. You're saying, like, Jordan, you said Subasa was your all-time number one. Your captain. Hockey captain. Yeah. The smile that you, like, the only thing in life that makes you happy is to see her smile. Yep. Here's the thing. Subasa is a protect. Okay. Just protect Subasa. Right. At, at all costs. costs. Kauri is, like, literally, I'm not going to say I would go out of my way to stalk her when I'm over there next year. Right. But if it came up. I, I might take some notes of places she's been on the show thus far. Right. And maybe if I'm around, I'll, like, try my luck. You know stalking's wrong, right? Hmm? You know stalking is wrong, right? Wrong or illegal? Uh, both. In Japan, though? Both. In Japan? Probably. Don't lie to me. You don't know. I don't know. Don't I have know. no idea. I'm hoping. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Uh, she's gorge. And for my super, my super TH heads, people have been calling her the female Hansan, and that is not a an accurate description. Cool. She just soups chill, wants to make her little drawings and just hang out and and work those immaculate eyebrows. Good for her. You saw her eyebrows. I saw her eyebrows. They're great. Are they immaculate? They're fantastic. They're immaculate. Here's the fun thing about this season of Terrace House, though, which I find fascinating and ultimately kind of like between the Gia Tolentino talk, the uh, Return of the Good Place, which I'll get to in a minute, and the season of Terrace House. Yeah. Really just the like... What does it mean to be happy and live a good life is just, like, the theme of everything that's, like, in the culture right now. Mm-hmm. As, I think it's a very important discussion. As, you know, capitalism collapses around us every minute of every hour of the day. Yeah. And it's I find it very interesting to see another country and culture's take on that question. Right. Because Japan's thing is always no matter what you do, if you're a barista, if you're a janitor, if you clean the tub at an onsen... You give your everything, everything to that job. Right. And that will get you respect. The worst thing you can be is aimless, to have no dreams or goals to pursue. They don't like me. They, they will not like somebody who said to me recently, like you know, like the joke about, you know, you're going to go to Japan and not come back. And I'm like, no, I am too fat and too aimless to ever be successful in Japan. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's you're being rather rough on yourself. I'm like, no, let me tell you why. <laughs> There's this guy on Terrace House this season. His name's Shohei. And he is an actor. He also, when he's not acting, like, works with, like, a light construction place doing, like, you know, store interiors and things like that. Little mm-hmm. furniture building, little, you know, painting, laying floors, shit like that. And sometimes he writes travel articles for, I don't know, a website or a magazine or something. He had gone to Taiwan for a year, came back. It's not like dude sits around and loafs. No. Like, there will be, like... Three, three episodes of the show, you don't see him because he's out on auditions or he's working a job or he's, you know, in another part of Japan to write an article for this thing. Like, dude's always working. Yeah. But because he's so, like, spaced out, mm-hmm. he's not doesn't have that single lane focus that Japan seems to hold so, like, tightly. Yeah. As, like, central to the Japanese spirit. Like, the panel is, like, has no love for Shohei. Oh, poor Shohei. It's like, he needs to, he needs to get it together. He needs to stop fucking around and pick something. It's like, and he like says repeatedly, he's like, that just doesn't seem right to me. He's like, it's a right. clumsy analogy, but it's like, you know, if you ate udon every day, you get bored of it. Like, I don't yeah. want to be bored. I like doing different things. I like doing acting right now. I like doing, but I still like the time I get to spend learning how to like, you know, 
make furniture. Right. And I still like getting to see other places to write these articles. He has some interest in Cowrie and, you know, she was concerned. And they, they finally go on a date at one point and she was concerned because he's the first guy who came out on day one and was like, I'm really intrigued by you. You, Cowrie. Yeah. He like goes to the girls room. And he's like, I'm intrigued by you. I'd like to get to know you better. And he's like, oh, so masculine. Oh, <laughs> they, they love that. They love that shit. Oh, so masculine. Um, and then they finally go out on a date because he's never around because he's always fucking at auditions or yeah. like, you know, building couches. Her concern is there's already been a couple like dust ups with him and a couple other housemates who are like very much like you need to focus. You need to pick the thing. And she's like, Cowrie's trying to see it his way, but at the same time is worried that he's approaching it like clubs in college. She she right. calls it like yeah. you're just kind of da- you're dabbling, you're not serious yeah. about anything. You know, not, I just want to know if you're if you are actually serious about any of this stuff. Um, and his thing is just basically like I've never attached myself to like I never relied on a career to make me happy. Like I just want to make enough money to like support my family and not. I don't want my family to suffer. Yeah, and I want to have a drink at the end of the day. Right. It's like that's. My goal is to have a happy family, like yeah. not to, I don't need a career path to like validate my life. As someone who has a somewhat similar philosophy, mm-hmm. I kind of dig show. Right. Um, but meanwhile, you have this other girl, this like 19 year old who, uh, I wish we saw more of her job because she works as a personal trainer for like Avex, which is a like talent management label. So I think it's like when some idol singer gets a little too pudgy, Nerd. management sends her to Risako to... Wow. Have her do some planks and get a meal plan or some shit. Um, but Rosako's conflicted as well because she wants to, she's really into parkour. Oh my God. She wants to devote her life to parkour. How are you going to make any money? How are you going to make money on parkour? I don't know. What's, what's the monthly income of, of a parkour runner like? If you if you do parkour as your job, please let us know. Geekdownpod at gmail.com. Hit us, up, hit us up on that. Let us know. Give us a rough estimate of your monthly income as a parkour runner, racer parkourist 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 i think it must be it but because she's like this is what i want to do i'm going to put everything towards that that's commendable right in japanese society because you pick the thing to do the thing well i mean you could sort of equate it to like the american dream right you you work really hard you you don't give up and you will you will reach your dreams Mm. my issue i ain't got any dreams (laughs) y'all I'm out here trying to figure something out, and I don't I don't know. Know. it took me like three years to figure out maybe I want some Funko Pops. Like that's, you know, that's like, it. And I still don't know. Like I still, it's a lot. I don't like making big decisions, and I'm not specifically good or attracted to anything. So, yeah, I I like you can't helping. come to you can't come to Japan either. No, they don't want my round face and my aimless <laughs> my aimlessness. Oh, God. So, yeah, just watching that sort of tension play out over the course of the season has been has been interesting. Also, fuck Ruka. Like, I hate. You always try to make it about the young kids. Listen, at this point, anytime Tori-chan decides, who's on the panel, decides that, like, she likes one best, she has the worst taste in men every time. She's like, <laughs> it's like I like him, and he turns out to be a useless fuckboy. So, like, let's not put all our eggs in the Ruka basket here. Like, let's stay away Good from... Good tips from Jordan. Stay, if you're... What, betting on this? If you're a 19-year-old Japanese kid, <laughs> listen to Jordan. Stay the fuck away from Cowrie. I swear to God. Deep I'll be breath. so mad. I'll Deep be breath. so mad. It's okay. Shipping it. Shipping Shohei and Cowrie. All right. The, you've heard it here, folks. I want them kids to be happy. Unless I get her first. 
Because he's going to stalk her in Japan, which is wrong. <laughs> uh, and probably illegal, but we're probably. not sure. Um, all right. So here's some my updates. Um, cupcake and dino. Dino and cupcake. Sorry, what? <laughs> cupcake and dino. Dino I've and cupcake. literally never heard of this before in my life. Oh, you will. Um, it is this amazing, speaking of aimlessness and mm. just trying to make a good life, um, the show is about Cupcake and Dino, a cupcake and a dinosaur who uh, do odd jobs. And it's on Nickelodeon? What are you? <laughs> it's on Netflix. And yeah. And Once again, is, the algorithms betray me. I've like, I've never even seen this thing exist. It is adorable and fun and happy and funny. Um... And it has a really catchy theme song. It sounds like a three-minute YouTube short from Japan. Like it's got it is. It's they a are cupcake shorts. and a dinosaur. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they do have jobs, which is amazing. Um, and then speaking of of uh, YouTube, I do of course watch a lot of stuff. Always cooking bits. They're usually like twelve minutes long have to uh, watch them while I'm eating, though. Um, also, BuzzFeed Unsolved. I haven't brought them up in a little while, but watched a couple episodes there. You do love BuzzFeed Unsolved. It, it's a great show. They're very funny. Um, Disenchantment. Uh, we've watched a couple more episodes. It continues to be just, like, wild. <laughs> Upsy-downsy. It's just, like, one minute they're writing something, and I'm like, this is stupid. And then the next minute, it's fucking hilarious. I don't know even how I feel about the show. I'm going to keep on watching because they have an overarching, you know, storyline. Um, and I want to see how it plays out. But it's just, I, I don't, can't put my finger on it. I, who's writing the show? It's like, it's like a group of old white men and like a very diverse population of ladies. Like, it's just a weird mix. Watched some Archer. Um, the one I'm where so he's so far in behind the on Archer. I can't remember what, what this one's called. Um, I really like them doing these. Uh, sort of s- season by season storylines. Yeah. yeah, I really like it. Um, I find it very funny. I fell off. Oh man, I fell off once they started doing it. Honestly, I'm oh. gone. It's, it's also good. I don't ship Lane on Archer. So once that became a thing, I was kind of like, Ugh. yeah, they kind of change it a little bit. I mean, it's always sort of. I can't say focus because the because there is a certain storyline. It just follows sort of that. Mm. Um, and then uh, I've been rewatching Voyager. Because I always have to have some Star Trek in my life, and there is no discovery yet. So give me Janeway one way or the other. My God, right? <laughs> um, and I haven't, um, I haven't been watching fourth season, obviously, but uh, I know that I might rewatch the third season while I'm waiting. Um, you had mentioned the Good Place. Yeah, uh, Canadians third season just hit uh, Netflix as the fourth season started. And I have been, because I keep weird hours and, you know, was cleaning the house at, you know, four in the morning. Yeah, as I, you do. Because I woke up at two in the morning because I went to bed at five in the evening. Um, love, love coming off at night. Can't wait to go back tomorrow. And just, I don't, this is a network sitcom that airs at like eight o'clock on a Thursday. Yeah. Like my father could flip through the channels and just see a centaur with the body of Jamila Jamil. Like, it's just a thing that's happening. Yeah. Like, for Jeremy Baramy alone. Like, for the, for the five minutes spent on Jeremy Baramy and how time works in the afterlife. Yeah. You, what? <laughs> that's a thing? Four season has commenced. It is the final season 
because some shows know you can't go when more. you should head out. Yeah. Some shows know. Some shows don't. Some shows just keep marching along. We're looking at you, community. No, I wasn't looking at community. What are you looking at? I was looking at the one you ride or die for every time. Um, If you're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm-hmm. you know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You can take your fucking gross apples and you can go fuck right off. That's what you can do. Or, even sorry, better... Are we, are we in a line right now? Like, what's happening? Or, mm. even better, Jordan, you can suck my suck balls. Suck my balls. There it is. Yeah. Uh, better show. Anyway, uh, too early to say anything about the four season. Um, did have more than a couple moments that made me snort because that's just what you do. You just snort with satisfaction. Satisfaction of humor. No. That's what that show does. Amusing. Great storytelling. Absolutely. Impeccable storytelling. Funnier is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like, you know, a an edgy card you find at a, a major Canadian retailer. Like a greeting card. Cool. Like it's cool. Like you just open it and it's just like, yeah, yeah. That was a joke. Wow. Doesn't make me think about anything. You're, Doesn't make me. You're right. It just comes down to what we want from art. I, I, I suppose. No, it doesn't come down to what we want from art. It comes down from what we want from our comedy show that mm. should make us laugh out loud. Some of them can make you think too. Imagine that. Some of them are great, and they are great on their own as thinking things, and I enjoy them immensely. Put the peeps in the chili. <laughs> God. <sighs> I will watch Cheedy making chili. I will put Cheedy making chili, or Cheedy just having his existential crisis when he realizes what the afterlife is. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> walking through the grocery store with no shirt on, <laughs> and the girl... Number one, the show spends like six episodes in Australia as they're doing a study about the the effect of near-death experiences on ethical decision-making. This is a comedy show. Yeah. And then Chidi puts on a too tight t-shirt that says, who, what, when, where, why. (laughs) That was the face of someone who was deliberately trying not to laugh as hard as they wanted to laugh because they don't want to admit that this show is laugh out loud funny. It's funny i've never said it's not funny it doesn't make me laugh out loud in which brooklyn 99 does anyway i think this is a great time to get a cookie your basic ass <laughs> brooklyn 99 loving ass can go i am i am basic i know that i'm fine with that you know what i'm gonna go do hmm. i'm gonna go eat my basic ass digestive cookies and my water because I'm an old lady that needs to stay hydrated and keep her sugar levels up. Cinematic September limps along to its conclusion. <laughs> Kate and I will be back in a moment to talk about the things we brought each other. Hey y'all, welcome back to the second part of the show. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I will talk about the things we brought each other, and that's what we're going to do right now. Right now. But before we do that... We've got rules. Yeah. The first rule is the rule of three. Yes. Which is the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch, read, listen, consume three of those parts so the thing has a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. Does not matter this month. And you want to know why? 
No. Because it's cinematic September. I need my own drops. It's fine. <laughs> it's cinematic September where we give each other movies that we enjoy and talk about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that we will not talk about the things we brought each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones because we want you, our lovely listeners, to have the freshest of takes. Yeah. And in this take economy, we got to have something because we haven't got like the worst takes or the best takes or in general the hottest takes. But we want you to have fresh hot takes about old shit. Vintage. Vintage takes. Vintage I like takes. That. I like that. Put a vintage filter on it. Third rule, which is not really a rule. The only podcast brought to you with the Juno filter. <laughs> Third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. More of a and as, myself. As, and as I wish I had said during the talk today, mm. if you have a problem with spoilers... Okay, so listen. Okay. So we're at the talk, and it's like... Was it was it a planned question? Was it something the moderator planned to talk about? I think it was. We I haven't gotten was, audience yeah. questions yet. She wants to talk about the movie Hustlers. You know, with the J Lo, Constance Wu, Constance Wu, that's her name, right? Yes. And Cardi B's in it, you know, whatever. And apparently, Gia Dolentino had reviewed it for someone, or, or something. They tweet, tweeted about it, or like there was discussion about Hustlers. People are feeling the movie Hustlers. And they want to talk about that. And oh, the, she wrote about the soundtrack. That's what oh, it was. Okay. The use of music in the movie. Um, which apparently uses a lot of like mid-aughts era R&B and such. Ooh. Specifically Love in the Club by Usher. And the moderator went to make a point about like, you know, a cameo from the movie and how there's like a small, it's like, it'll be like a small spoiler. And somebody from the audience was like, no spoilers. spoilers. And so. She just put the kibosh on the question and. They moved on. They moved on. I didn't get to hear what she thought about Hustlers or the soundtrack. If Caitlin had a microphone, she would have said a couple things regarding people who have a problem with spoilers. Specifically, and specifically in regards to the show, if you have a problem with spoilers, get the fuck out. And? You can suck my balls? Wow. Yeah, you can. Um, Now, I understand... Maybe that person didn't want to get the fuck out, but I wanted to hear about... Ursher. Yeah. And I wanted to hear about Hustlers. And what you thought about Hustlers. And now I couldn't because this person was like, spoilers, blah. Who the fuck cares? She said it was a tiny cameo spoiler. If that's going to spoil the whole movie for you, you need hobbies. Maybe you should start collecting Funko Pops. Yeah. You need shit to do. You need shit to do. And in this case, these are so old... That, like, if we're spoiling them for you, I don't know what to do for you. I don't, I don't know how to explain it any better than that. Yeah, basically. Like to alternate. we start with the thing Kate brought me. Yeah. I was pretty excited about this. Um, I love this movie. Partially because it is a Don Bluth movie, and I love Don Bluth. For those of you who do not know, Don Bluth is a director who, um, he got his start at Disney many, many years ago. Um, and had a, a bit of a tough time there. He had lots of different ideas on how to do things. And they were like, no, all your ideas are too weird, Don Bluth. And they told him to get the fuck out. And he did. He was like, fine, I will. Suck my mouse balls, Don Bluth. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Don Bluth has made a lot of cool stuff. Um, 
one of the movies that is very important to my childhood and to many people's childhood is The Secret of Nim, which he's really well known for. Um, the Lamp Before Time, An American Tale, um, Anastasia, which is one of my favorite princess movies. Um, and the movie I gave Jordan, which was Titan A.E. Titan A.E. was a Don Bluth and Gary Goldman uh, co-directed feature animated um so much fun, but I'm going to give you a little Wikipedia rundown because, as you know, they do things a lot better than I do. I'm not good at forming thoughts into words. Um, Titan AE is a 2000 American animated post-apocalyptic science fiction adventure film. Say it five times fast. Good lord. Um, and it stars the voices of Matt Damon, Bill Pullman, Drew Barrymore, John Leguizamo, Nathan Lane, and Janine Garofalo. And did I say Ron Perl? No, and Ron Perlman. Bill Pullman and Ron Perlman. Different Pullmans, but there you go. Um, the title refers to the spacecraft central to the plot, with AE meaning after Earth. Um, and the plot, it starts in um, 3028, where humans have perfected interspace travel. Um or deep space travel, and uh, there's a human invention called Project Titan, which is alarms the uh, alien race called the Dredge. Dredge? Dredge? Do you remember what they said, how they said it in the movie? No. Nope. Okay. Anyway. Um, they are a pure energy-based alien species. Um, they basically attack Earth, and a young character named Kale, his father's the lead scientist on this project, he scoops Kale up, sends Kale off with uh, an alien friend, and the Earth explodes. And then many years later, we catch Kale, and it's basically his journey to find this the the thing his father was making, this project, figure out what it is, um, and go on this grand adventure. I think that's pretty good. There's other aliens involved. They're getting chased by the dredge. Dredge? Dredge? I can't remember. Um, he has a ring that the has blue a map. The blue people. Yeah, he has a ring that has a map that his father gave him. So it's sort of like this weird mix of treasure finding, but also trying to... All of humanity right now, they all become nomads in space. Um, because, they, of course, they don't have a planet. And it's trying to, like, make them whole. This thing that his father was working on is supposedly, supposedly going to help that. But he doesn't know how. Um, and we discover that what his father had made was basically a planet starter. So it's, it's an invention that uses energy and DNA and samples of life on what was once Earth and create it into a new Earth, which I think is pretty cool. Anyways, Jordan, what did you think about the film? She ain't going to be happy. Oh, no. I mean, I knew you were going to like some parts, but... Because from the moment the title card came up, yeah, and this is just my own thing, and I saw a film by Don Bluth, I went, oh. Oh? Oh. Oh. Because as much as a like anti-Disney person as I am, and just like, man, yeah, fuck Disney, fuck all that, it, it's a tough rap for Don Bluth. Like, I always saw Don Bluth movies as like store brand animated movie. <gasps> like, you, you go- You that back, he did Thumbelina. You go to- <laughs> You go to No Frills, 
You just get a yellow box that oh says animated movie on oh it. Oh, my God, no. And on the back, you see directed by Don Bluth. You are hurting my soul. He did The Secret of Nim. I'm not going to say a word because I don't want to watch The Secret of Nim. <gasps> you haven't seen The Secret of Nim? Oh my god. <gasps> Writing this down. Fuck me up the ass. <laughs> I know he had like nothing to do with them, but it's like hard for me to associate Don Bluth. Don, Don Bluth? What's, what's his name? Don Bluth. Don Bluth. I don't know why that's Don so Bloom. Weird. Why was that coming from? Don Bluth with like The Land Before Time and not associated him with The Land Before Time 2 through 37. <laughs> That came after it, direct to VHS video, occasionally being given as with as like a freebie with a large pizza from Pizza Hut type of thing. I feel like that's what I associate Don Bluth movies with. Um, well, then you're wrong. <laughs> or like, you know, All Dogs Go to Heaven, part 17. Like All Dogs Go to Heaven was a great film. Sure. And then it just seemed Not like all of, his, all of his shit got milked to death. So when I saw his name come up in here, I was like, eh, eh. It was going to be okay, but it, like I already had my mind made up that it was going to be uh, okay and not great. And that that's on me. I still tried to go to it with an open mind. But then it's like, I feel like Don Bluth is like an idea man, but like the execution ain't always there. What? You could tell me this seven-year-old boy was like playing by a lake mere minutes before he had to get thrown in a spaceship. That's how kids are. You let them do their thing when they're young and then you're like, oh, panic. The world's going to blow up. I think he knew possibly before he went to go get the child that the world was going to end and it was time to throw him into a also the music in this was like (laughs) oof. well you can't fault it for that did i actually hear hey man nice shot by filter i feel like that was like possibly something like that i feel like the crystal method contributed a lot to (laughs) to this movie um what else like this has got to be like post like the first thing matt damon did after google hunting right like Possibly. Possibly. It's just it's just such a who's who of like a certain era of, oh, ab- of star. Janine Garofalo. Nathan Lane. Like Yeah. Tone Loke. How dare you leave Tone Loke out of the I didn't know if you'd know who that was. What? I, I, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Wow. Oh my god. I did not know who Tone Loke was. Good lord. Sorry. He loved to do the wild thing. <laughs> god. So what did I think of this movie? Uh, regarding the whole planet starting thing, Kate mentioned a lot of a lot of the methods used by this machine to start a new planet. She forgot to mention the most important method, that being yada yada. Oh yeah, There's a no, whole lot, huge whole lot yada. of that. It might have been the first yada yada. Re- well, maybe not. No, not the first. Star Trek. That's- Star Trek. Yada, yeah, yada, yeah. yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. But it like definitely was. A, there was a huge yada yada. This can start a planet. Yeah. How does it do that? Science. Energy. We need a lot of energy. You know what is made up of a lot of energy? Those energy people who are trying to kill us. <laughs> if only there was a way to, to power this thing. Yeah. Maybe with all those energy people chasing us. Yeah. Um. What did I? Like, I watched this movie, right? I know I did. <laughs> did, did you? Because you didn't seem to enjoy it as much as I thought you might enjoy it. I didn't know. I knew you weren't going to enjoy it as thoroughly as I did because I watched it in 2000. It just, yeah, it just seemed, struck me as like a product of a weird time, right? Because it's like we just got our hands on CGI. Yeah. So it was a mix. It wasn't they, used to an obnoxious degree. Yeah, they did mix 3D and 2D animation for this, um, which I thought was really cool. Not to an obnoxious degree. Um, what, what were the, the blue people's motivations? Um, eradicate all humans. Why? 
Well, they're lying about like they're they they do not fear what we are. They fear what we can become. Is that what it is? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Just want to make a planet, y'all. Like, yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah, and they were the reason they were making a planet. Really, that whatever they're called did it to themselves. Energy people did it to themselves. Also, they started zapping Earth. I'm like, are they really like just blowing up Earth and like in like. 25 seconds like that's how, yeah because they don't have a federation of planets that's how long it takes to blow up the earth yes how when long, you're a pure energy how long it take the death star right? to blow up that what a blow up dagobah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it, like a matter of seconds huh it blew it up in a matter of seconds oh it was dagobah no it wasn't dagobah <laughs> I don't oh, even want to talk about this. I that's what you were oh my god about. No, I was not oh my god. I'm going to straight like start Gail Simoning you about, oh, about Star Wars. Jesus Christ. It's like, what planet did the Death Star blow up? Romulus? Vulcan? For fuck's sake. <laughs> they blew up. Mm. Though, fun fact. Oh god. Romulus it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> right, everybody. It's not going to be fun. Romulus does blow up in the other. Well, no, in the future. Which is also, it's our future and it's current star trek's future unless yeah no in the future i'm gonna put my cricket drop back on this board <laughs> you started this <laughs> I did, I did. oh god i did it to myself um just like the energy people they just left it's, earth it's, alone it it's, just, it's just such a like a weird artifact of like that time like was it's, there anything it, you enjoyed enjoyed oh god <laughs> like like a thing that made me happy yeah, that you're like, that was interesting, or that was cool, or I liked that character. Uh, I like the Drew Barrymore character. <laughs> That's it? What about the kangaroo mom character? Her legs were real weird. I liked that. Why aren't they sideways? I thought it was a cool character design. I did not think it was a cool character design. It creeped me out. Oh my god. <laughs> creeped me out. Did not like. Okay, well, Jordan, uh, kick punches? Five. Because it was just, it was a movie, right? It was a movie. It was a movie. It worked as a movie. It told a story. Okay. Yeah. It had Matt Damon. Yeah, it did. I mean, like I said, it's my own fault. When the second I saw Don Blue's name, I was like, oh, this is going to be... It's a great movie. It's going to be rough going. Good movie. Solid fucking movie. Solid? Solid. 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 Solid, dude. It was a movie. Five out of five. <laughs> You don't get to change the total kick punches. <laughs> you said five out of five. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Yes, we'll keep it that way. <laughs> Kay- Caitlin just decides it's five out of five. Only five kick punches now. Perfect movie. <laughs> Go out and watch it immediately. Titan A.E. It's the best thing that's ever been on the show. I do think you should watch it immediately. But yes, five out of ten kick punches. Fine, I guess. Moving on. You gotta remember, I watched it like two weeks ago, so it's... <laughs> Real hard to conjure things it up. Be there are lots of cool things. There's bat aliens, like oh, at that point I had to open up Wikipedia because I didn't know what was. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It's like wait, what? What are we doing? He's like holding his hand up and like wow, I forgot about the bat people until you mentioned them just at this moment. A cool character. Did designs. he do Ferngully? No, Fox did Ferngully, but I don't think Don Bluth didn't do Ferngully. No. Ferngully is an amazing movie and if you say anything about it i will actually punch you i'll punch you in the boob <laughs> boob punch this is what this is what the show's come to after after three years old modicum of respect is just gone it's like some shit you just gonna be wrong about 
Yeah. And if you choose to be wrong, I'm going to punch you in the tit. (laughs) (laughs) That sums it up. You have a choice to be wrong. You can be wrong. You're going to get a tit punch. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's exactly how it works. Your name of the show. (laughs) Tit punch with Jordan K. (laughs) Will somebody get tit punched this episode? Maybe. 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 We'll see if Jordan still wants to talk about Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. Just tit punches. (laughs) Tit punches everywhere. Moving on to the thing that Caitlin couldn't watch last week because technology was not cooperating with her. Was not. So I just handed her a DVD. A DVD I've owned for quite some time of a film called Millennium Actress. It is the second movie by Satoshi Khan. Much beloved presence on this show. I'm almost sad that I gave it to Caitlin because it marks the final Satoshi Khan item. There are other movies he's he's done. He did a short. I think as part of an anthology. Oh, okay. I don't think he's got he, there. This is it for movies. It was <laughs> it was Perfect Blue, Millennium <laughs> Actress, Tokyo Godfathers, and Pepper. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's what he got out. <laughs> Before his untimely passing. So this is it. It is a it is a second movie. Um, a movie that is possibly slept on by a lot of folks. Okay. I think if you've watched a lot of Satoshi Khan movies, you see many familiar things yep. that you are used to if you watch a lot of Satoshi Khan movies. But also definitely like a more subtle version of it, which I think may have turned a lot of people off or confused a lot of people at the time. Anyway, we will hear what Kate thought about it after I give you the brief rundown. In this animated movie, filmmaker Agenya Tachibana begins work on a documentary about famed Japanese actress Chiyoko Fujiwara. Now well into old age, Chiyoko has become reclusive and shy about any publicity, but she eventually warms up to Tachibana and starts to relate her life story. As the decades pass, Chiyoko is transformed from a teen with big dreams into a full-blown celebrity while her cinematic characters span various eras from ancient Japan to the distant future. So that's the, like, bulletist of bullet points where it is just this documentary crew going in search of uh, this famed actress. Uh, Apparently, it was loosely based on the lives of actresses Setsuko Hara and Hideko Takamine. And this documentary crew goes to track her down and oh, by crew it's two people two people Just. it's a dude with a camera and yeah. like the interviewer and then as they are talking to her suddenly scenes from her movies start interplaying into the story she's telling it's, it's so it's, much more complicated than that it's very satoshi Khan. <laughs> like yeah. to try and explain the different textual layers that start floating up like i remember the first five minutes of paprika where she's like jumping out of one screen and hopping into a next and yeah. like you could write an entire thesis on the first five minutes of that movie. I think that's what makes this film a bit of a mind trip because it's yeah. like you don't quite know. They're her movies, but she's also telling her story. And also the interviewer is there and like occasionally like acting roles as them as part of it. And then it'll cut back to them in her living room like yeah, play acting it. So you never quite know how this is shaking out. Very Satoshi Khan. A lot of that pondering on memory and how memories work. And and reality. Yes, and fiction and reality and things of that sort. Caitlin had mentioned when technology wasn't working with her, her disappointment because she had done some reading before she started watching the movie. And she said, yeah. that seems like something I'd be, I'd be really amped to get into. Yeah. Now you've seen it. Yeah. Do you maintain that position? Absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
find that the movie... Okay, I have to start this way because I don't want to build up to it. I'm just going to start with something and then just break down, okay? <laughs> okay. Kick Punches, this movie's 10 out of 10. Interesting. Yes. Gotta hit the bomb for that. You're gonna hit the bomb for 10 out of 10. Yeah. In relation to all of his other movies, I don't know if you've given anything else a 10 out of 10, but this one... Tokyo Godfathers was pretty high. I can't remember if it was 10 or like 9. Like, it was pretty... He's averaged an 8 or a 9. Perfect yeah. Blue might have been the lowest, um, but even still, like, a yeah. low... Your low take on, the, on a Satoshi Kon movie yeah. has been like 8. This movie is so good because even after you finish watching this movie, you're having aha moments about the movie mm. and, like... This movie is sort of a, it's like a thesis in a movie. It's like a thesis about film and memory and reality and anime um, and stories. And it's all woven in together. Um, And there's like a moment that I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, So throughout the film... The lead character, the actress, is chasing after this man to give him a key. She she loves him, even though she's only met him once and for a very limited amount of time. Which is, if I had any... We've got quibbles. My one quibble about the movie. But, but again, at the, at the end of the movie, they sort of address that, right? They do, yes. Um, but even that, you don't know how real that is, mm. right? So she is chasing this man throughout time she meets him when she's very young very young um and he's a thief yeah he's a criminal um and there's again you don't know how real even that is Mm. um it she's going through movies and through time and that is one part of that is her chasing this idea of love and then on the other side of it is the director of the um biography who's chasing after her Mm. through film and through time and through the story yes um so there's this interesting play there um there's also this interesting play about history and cinema um and a lifespan because one of the reasons she's called millennium actress is because her movies are for like the time period is within a thousand years. Yeah. So it starts um, at one end, really, and then ends in the future. So a thousand years. She, so her earlier movies are like a feudal Japanese princess, yeah. and her like last movie, she's like an astronaut going to space. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's really interesting. Um, how the reality and even from the very beginning, reality and um, films uh, interplay is so... It, it's never... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a jolt. It, it flows seamlessly, mm. um, which is great. And then even the character of the cameraman... Right, I was um, going to say that, yeah. ...brings a lot of levity, and <clears throat> it doesn't explain everything, but he is the audience, right? He's R2-D2... Um, sorry, he's three, C-3PO. Um, in which he is, I mean, the directors are R2-D2, he's C-3PO, which he 
is the voice of the audience, right? He's like, how did we get here? What are we filming? Like, he's as confused as maybe part of you. And, yeah, is. also plays with that whole, it's like when the hot priest goes, what are you looking at in Fleabag? Like, yeah. it's like an arrow goes by his head, and he's like, wait, is this, wait, is this real? Like, is what? It, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's just got a handheld camera, but suddenly he's in, like, a pagoda in feudal yeah. Japan. And his his director, all of a sudden, is taking in all these roles, yeah. right? Um, and he's always helping the actress in some of these roles. Uh, he's helping the princess. He's helping the ninja. He's helping, you know. Um, I just loved that. I was... And... Okay, so that's all the story and the directing and the... Um, that interplay which is all amazing. And then we have to talk about the actual style of anime itself, mm. which even after 20 years still holds up. Like it's still beautiful, like stunningly beautiful at times. Animated by Studio Madhouse, I believe, which I think he started with a couple other people, which is to this day, like regarded as one of the the better studios and there's a reason like for something to to hold like you've given me stuff from <laughs> the 2000s and i'm like this yeah, is even not say when this came out like I'm, i think it was 2001 2000 yeah 2001 it yes yeah, it debuted in 2001 yeah so hey even i knew like if i i gave you titan ae titan ae doesn't hold up like animation right. wise like it's fine and it's fun to watch but you definitely are like oh this is old animation mm. this you don't get that sense that's not what you're looking at you're looking at how he's done thing they've done things stylistically and um how it looks is just fantastic and it really brings a richness to the rest of the story i could go on this whole you talk about being able to write an essay in the first 10 minutes of paprika i'm just like i could just write essay after essay about this film and the fact that you can this is one of the animes that transcends the genre, for sure. Hmm. It just sort of like, this on its own should be talked about not as an anime, but as fantastic filmmaking and storytelling. Its subtlety means that it uh, like often gets passed over. Right. In favor of his more like... Regarding, like, this type of stuff, so, like, if Tokyo Godfathers is, like, the closest thing he ever got to a Disney movie where it was just, like, right. there's none of that stuff here. It's just yeah. a just a story. Yeah. And most people consider, like, Paprika, like, the summit of, like, everything he could do with, like, this type of weird... Yeah. Millennium Actress gets slept on a lot. Like, it's not... It's like the, you know, the fifth Beatle. Like, it just doesn't get <laughs> talked about to the level that maybe it should. Which, yeah. I was just... I was... I knew what the story's about, and I'd, and I'd read a bit about it, but I hadn't been able to watch any of it. And they did talk about, you know, you don't know what's fiction or what's fact, and but it, it's so much more of that as you're watching it. You, even the things that you think are fact, you're like, you can't, you can't trust any mm. of it. And that puts you in a really interesting mind frame as you're walking, watching the, the story unfold. And you sort of just, you know, from the first moments with the earthquake. So there's a shot at the very beginning. The director's watching one of the actress's movies where she is this astronaut. And as the rocket's taking off, right. um, it, it, he's freaking out um, because he thinks... 
it's you know it's the the what's going on in the film is happening in real life but no it's just a small earthquake and earthquakes come up quite quite a lot lot of earthquakes um but even that from those first moments you know this is going to be a little bit different so i just i found all of it really interesting and fascinating and and really really enjoyed watching it and it's not not too long either. I think it it ends really. It's like an well. hour, hour forty maybe. Yeah. Um, and you were cool with that explanation, sort of. What that she didn't love him. She loved that she yeah she yeah it was the chase she loved. That's what it was. It she had it had given her focus in life, mm. um, and had taken her on this amazing adventure, um. And even the whole, like, cyclical thing of, like, she was the old woman who, like, cursed herself. Right. That whole thing was was cool as well. I guess I loved all of it. Well. Yeah. Good thing I saved it till last. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Everything else would have been like, ah, oh, compared to Millennium Actress. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Paprika, visually, um, just unbelievable right and i think i said that at the time just like was absolutely unbelievable but millennium actress like you said has a subtlety to it um that just aids in that storytelling so much um and you get to yeah you just get to see this life unfold through film and i think that's really cool and you're a film person so i am a feel and i'm not just a film person i'm a storyteller teller person right Mm. like i love the ways in which people can tell stories and yes i know i always harp on anime because it'll like i'm like what the fuck is happening at the end why do they all turn (laughs) into stars like i just don't understand she kind of turned into a star at the end of this one and that's why i'm like you know what i'll let this one's okay because there is no again there's no exact reality um for the character and i thought that was pretty cool well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know where you can find that. It was on YouTube for free for like you forever. You can stream it from a website and I can't remember what it's called, but if you look up like watch my name actress online, it'll come up. <laughs> I'm sure many will. Yeah. If they're legal, I don't know, but I, we don't know. I'm just letting you know. Um, oh I, no, it was on it was on Canopy with the oh, yes. if you're in Toronto, in it's on Canopy. Canopy. Hamilton, yeah, just go. Your find mileage it may vary depending on what your library board has decided to pay for, but if you're in Toronto, it's on Canopy. You yeah. can get at that for zero dollars. Um, well, friends, I'm like falling over and uh, with fatigue. I need to get home because it's dark. <laughs> Kaylee needs to get home before midnight. So we're going to wrap this up here. Like we said at the top, if you want to get at us for any reason, you can get at us on our socials, primarily Twitter. Get above Twitter. Shoot us an email, geekdownpod at gmail.com or whatever. Hit up the Facebook. I'm not doing the thing, but it's it's there. It's there. It's fine. It's there, it's there if okay. you want. Um, are we going to do one more cinematic September for the week we missed? Or no. Even though it'll technically be... No, we're into October. That's, oh my God. Well, it's, that's it. It's spooky season. <laughs> spooky spooky season. Friends, let's just be honest. It's, it's just killing time till Crapathon. You all know. We've waited the entire year. <laughs> we haven't we haven't voiced to each other how low-key excited we are to just get back to Crapathon. I'm so fucking excited. So, I, I got so many wait, good I movies. I oh, wait for Crapathon. I'm just, I am, oh, yeah. <laughs> so remember that shit you said about Titan AE, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> the disrespect you gave to Don Bluth? <laughs> what the fuck you gonna watch? Shit. I just know we're gonna do Southland Tales because that movie sounds fucking wild. I cannot wait. <laughs> So I guess we'll just be back to format next week. It's fine. It'll be fine, I guess. I guess. 
Maybe we're, we're due for a single topic. Maybe we'll do a single topic next week. Friends, what are y'all watching? Yeah. What do you want? So, what do you think we should be checking out? I know. September. September is like fucking stacked. There's like so much shit out right now that like. I know. I need to get to. But. And this is like pilot season where right? you get all the like weird things that you're like, this is never going to get picked up. <laughs> Why did you even try? Man, I want to, I, I need to like open up the global app and look at those weird sitcoms I've like never heard of. <laughs> yeah. The ones my dad's watching that he's going to hit me up about. You know what? You're watching, you're watching My Neighbor Joe? And I'm like, I've never heard of that. Is that a thing? Who stars that? Who's is Cedric the Entertainer in that? Like, I don't know. Cedric the Entertainer isn't a show I only see when I go home to visit my father. Anyway, I'm clearly fatigued and off the rails right now, so we're going to wrap it up here. My name's Jordan Ferguson. My name's Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope you will listen to the show next week. Bye! But that's coming in November, so I guess we'll be back. Punch. Yes. I am the ship just sucking in the pure energy of your snorts. Uh, there's your tag. <laughs>